Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hold on a second. 
I'm having some technical difficulties here. And I sound like I'm echoing. I hope I'm not. Anyway, thanks for listening to the show tonight. Oh my God, I'm having problems. Um, thanks for listening. Welcome to the Off Limits Show. Thanks for listening to the show. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to offlimitsshow.com. You can also go to um, Twitter and look for Off Limits Show there. You can also go on Facebook, Off Limits Show. Also, offlimitsshow.com. You can listen to the show there live, also on Spreaker.com. So wherever you want to listen to the show, uh, somewhere I'll be. So thanks for listening. If you're listening, I appreciate it. Um, so tonight we're talking about Trust No Bitch. That's that, that, by the way, that song is a song by Madonna. It was an unreleased song from her Rebel Art album, Rebel Heart album. And um, I like that song. It could have been an awesome song when it was fully produced or whatever, but I like it even in its raw format. And I think that it's uh, got a good message. But, um, you know, and I think, you know, we as gay people sometimes are a little more trusting, actually. I think because we want to please people, a lot of us do, but um, than other people. And some of us are just assholes, of course. But I think that it's important to remember that you can't really trust anybody. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And also, um, how loving Madonna kind of makes me old and ancient, as I've discovered lately. <laughs> um, I'm certainly, um, sorry, certainly finding out that uh, uh, I'm really dating myself when I talk about Madonna. Not that I really care, but I want to talk about that as well as some other uh, things going on in gay news. So if you want to call in, you can call in at 214-377-0481 if you want to talk to me live on the air. Uh, if you want to tweet, you can tweet me at once again at off limit show. And I'll, uh, talk to you about whatever you're tweeting about. If you want to tweet me that way or communicate also, as I said, on Facebook, you can, uh, go on to the off limit show, uh, page, which is actually at, um, where is the page page is actually different than my username off limits show on there. Uh, the page is, uh, facebook.com slash off limits radio. So you can go there to get to the page and be sure to like the page if you haven't liked it already. Also, just as a reminder, tomorrow I'll be doing the Gay XYZ show with Christian and with Jason. If you want to listen to that show, you have to listen to it here as well on Off Limits until we get um, the pickup from iHeart on that show. So uh, be sure to listen to the show uh, at offlimitsshow.com tomorrow if you want as well. So trust no bitch. Well, you know, I've always been a really trusting person and I've always been um, very just kind of thinking the best of people when I meet them. Um, I take people at face value. If they say this is who they are, I believe them for the most part, you know, and I don't, you know, I just take people. I think people are generally, generally going to be honest with you about who they are and what they want from you, you know, whether it's a friendship or whatever. And, you know, a lot of times that's not the case, of course. A lot of times people are have, you know, hidden agendas and ulterior motives. Um, and sometimes people are just completely just assholes. <laughs> it's just their nature. And, you know, no one, not everybody's nice like me and kind and, and generous and uh, giving. And I am all those things to a fault to some degree. Um, and I think my, my um, what's the word? Um assertive not assertiveness though asser there's a word as 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 acerbidness i can't remember the word i'm sorry i can't remember it's as i'm kind of acerbic is the word i'm trying to use here um and so i think that that sometimes just masks my my kind heart and so i'm you know i really care about people <clears throat> but i've always so learned you know being that way all my life and having a broken heart from relationships as well as friendships and family members hurting you know killing me with um judgment and with uh anger and hatred and bigotry and those sorts of things throughout my lifetime, dealing with all of those things, you know, it begins to really kind of um, make you 
you know, kind of begins to jade you to some degree. And I made a consci- conscientious decision, a conscious choice when I was younger, and, I, and this is the truth, to literally not allow myself to get jaded because I saw my mom who, who became pretty jaded about life, which she has reason to be considering what she's been through in her life. But I think that I, I made a conscious decision. I don't think I did. I remember making a conscious choice uh, not to allow broken hearts and, and being harmed and hurt by people to make me bitter. And, um, yet at the same time, there's a balancing act. You have to, you have to also remember you want to not only, um, take people, you know, and keep that part of yourself where you trust people to some degree, but also balance that with, with, with the knowledge you've learned from living life. And I think that I've learned a great deal and, um, I've learned not to trust everyone as much as I once did and, and to not take people at face value <clears throat> all the time. But, you know, for the most part, I give people the benefit of the doubt when I first meet them. But um, anyway, so I think that it's important that we um, um, take people as much as we can at what they say. This is who I am. Okay, that's I believe you until they give you reason to believe otherwise. Right. So for me, I always give people several chances. I get people three chances. That's what I've always been like. And that's what I've always done. Uh, even subconsciously, <laughs> I've given people you know, three chances with me in my life, you know, whether it was a friend or a relationship or um, family or whatever <clears throat> to really fuck me over just one more time and that's it. So I think three strikes you're out is a fair thing. And so that's what I've done. And so now when people do this, these things to me, I say, okay, the first time I warn them, I tell them, okay, well, you know, I don't appreciate you doing this to me. I talk to them about it. I say I'm hurt or angry or whatever I'm feeling. And we discuss why they, why it happened, why they did it or whatever. And I don't, you know, I don't want it to happen again. And then when it happens the second time, I say, okay, I already told you once before, this is not, you know, respectful to me. This is not helpful to me, whatever. Um, and yet you keep doing it. So that's not very respectful, you know, of our friendship or relationship or whatever the case may be. So you continue to keep doing it. And that is not, um, that is not fair and it's not right. So um, this is their last chance, and I'll tell them. And then they keep continuing to do it or not do it or whatever they're not doing or doing. And uh, the third time they're out, and that's it. And so I think that's fair, and I think that's a fair way to treat people. Unfortunately, with that kind of um, uh, outlook on it and um, system at, at deciding whether someone's going to stay in your life or not, you also you, you end up getting hurt along the way, you know, at least twice, <laughs> or at least three times, rather. Um, and so that's really up to you whether you decide to do that, how, how often someone can hurt you before they, you let them go. And I think it also depends on how important they are to you, of course. You know, you give people a million chances as well if you want, if they're really important to you, if you think it's, you know, important. But I think really three chances is plenty for people to show you who they are. And as I've said before, you know, um, Oprah Winfrey has said, you know, people, uh, people show you, who, when people show you who they are, believe them. And, yeah, I remember her saying that on the show when I was like a 20-year-old or something. I remember thinking that's so true, and that's how I felt. And and it is very true. People will show you who they are through their action or through their inaction. And they will show you who they are through their words or their their um, whether they're there for you when you need them to be, uh, what effort they make uh, to get to know you and to, to love you back and to respect you and to listen to you and the things that you do for them. So if it's a two-way street, then it's a good thing. If it's a one-way street, then, you know, it's your decision whether you want to stay or not. And so I think it's important for us to remember 
um, <clears throat> that you really can't trust anybody. <laughs> I, um, I don't. I mean, it's a jaded outlook to some degree, but I think honestly, trusting people. There's only a few people that I trust implicitly with me, with my life, with who I am, with, with everything about myself. And there's only like three people in my life that are like that. Okay, um, and I think that those people are incredibly important to me. But um, to allow other people in is very difficult for me because I've been fucked over so many times in my life. Yet I still try to remain open. Uh, I keep getting fucked over, getting fucked over, letting people into my life and whatever. And so I find it to be important to, you know, remember, trust no bitch. <laughs> and that includes people that you're married to. If you can't trust them, that these people you've been friends with for a long time, your family members, whatever it might be, unless they've proven to you that you can trust them and then over and over again, or you can rely on them then don't trust them. If someone's continuing to disappoint you and continuing to, um, you know, be something that they're not or to be something that you don't need or whatever the case may be, if they're continuing to act that way or be that way, then believe that, that that's who they are, that's who they're going to always be. And then it's up to you whether you decide you want to stay in that friendship, relationship, or family, whatever, or not. <clears throat> so that's what I want to say about that. But um, talking about Madonna, by the way, that first song I said was about Madonna called Trust No Bitch. And um, I, I, you know, I love Madonna. She is a, she's my, my goddess or whatever. I love her. <laughs> um, I've loved her since I was really young. I probably since Lack of Prayer, I think Lack of Prayer. So I was like 12 or 13, I think. I think I was 12 <clears throat> when Lack of Prayer came out. And of course I'd heard her before. I liked her music or whatever, but I didn't really get into her until I was like 13 or 14. And um and then I liked her, and then I really got into her when I was in my early 20s. But she was uh, an instrumental part of my youth because, uh, obviously, she was the most famous woman in the world at the time, and she still is to some degree. Uh, whether she's she's as popular or not is debatable, but she's still incredibly famous. And um, she was an incredibly part of, incredible part of my life because I listened to her music. And so I can pace or look at my life uh, by the soundtracks that Madonna or the soundtrack of my life is basically Madonna music. Uh, and each album represents a certain time in my life. For example, um, you know, like a prayer reminds me of uh, middle school and uh, all the crap I went through then and all the crap I was going through when I was feeling. And then <clears throat> Vogue reminds me of high school and, and how I just come out and how free I felt and how, I felt the future was was my own. You know, I could grab the future by the balls or whatever, do what the fuck I wanted in my life. I was just, everything was possible. Um, and it made me feel, you know, beautiful about myself and love myself and justify my love. And then erotica, it was college. I mean, so on. So every, every album reminds me of some point or part of my life or some relationship or friendship or whatever. And um, so she's been an incredibly, incredibly, you know, important part of my life. And so... I do talk about her a lot because of that reason, because she's like almost like this friend or this person or family member or something that I've had on my life for so long. And even though I don't know her, obviously, I, I know her as well as one can know her from afar, you know, in terms of biographies and all of her interviews. I've seen all of her interviews and read, read all of her interviews and magazines and read all the biographies about her and all of her movies, some good, some bad, <laughs> all of her videos, which I'm always analyzing and whatever. So I think it's, um, I know her as well as you can. And so she, to me, she's like a friend that I don't know. A friend in my head, as, they, as Wendy Williams would say. And so um, 
and her voice gives me solace. It, 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 her voice and her music is just something particular about her music and her art. And she is an artist, and um, people forget that she truly is an artist. She writes all of her music, her own music, in terms of the lyrics, and she sometimes writes some of the song as well. Uh, and she does all of her videos, and she's always got an artistic point of view in everything she does, and she's really kind of an outcast, even though people think she's not because she's so famous. She's really always been sort of the outcast in terms of what she does, <clears throat> she kind of approaches things differently in as an artistic way, in an artistic way, as opposed to a commercial way all the time. Of course, commer commer commerce is part of it. She's obviously obviously a commercial genius, a marketing genius, and whatever. But I'm saying she truly is an artist, and so that's why I like her. And she's kind of a misfit, even though she is, and, and she's misunderstood. And uh, I feel that way, and have felt that way, and a lot of people feel that way, especially gay men and, and women and transgender people feel misunderstood or outcast or misfits. And so, um, you know, Lady Gaga tried to capitalize that and kind of create that on her own with her monster thing, you know, little monsters that she call her fans and trying to do the same thing Madonna did without Madonna actually overtly saying that. Uh, but my point is, is that I love Madonna and I talk about her a lot, but I realized lately because I am on Periscope a lot, right? I've told you about Periscope and how much I love it and how much I think it's a great medium to meet people and to communicate. And uh, I think it's a lot of fun. But the majority of people on Periscope are in their teens and their 20s. I'd say from maybe like 17, the majority are like 17 up to like, you know, mid to late 20s. That's the general primary range, you know, and I'm 40. I don't feel 40. I feel like I'm still in my like, you know, early 30s or, or, or late 20s or something. But um, I am 40. And so my experiences and things that I've experienced, of course, don't always relate to people who are younger than me. And in terms of experiences, they do. But in terms of my music and things I love. So if I mention Madonna, for example, I've, I've been on Periscope a few times, you know, a million, a million times, but a few times that I've been on Periscope. And I've mentioned Madonna to some of the uh, younger kids on there, like 17-year-olds or 20-year-olds, even some 28-year-olds or whatever. Um, some gay, some straight, didn't matter. Some of them didn't even had never even heard a Madonna album. And this was shocking to me because, as I said on the Gay XYZ show with Christian and Jason and I uh, a few weeks ago, you know, not knowing or having heard a Madonna album is to me equivalent to not having heard a Beatles album or... Motown or something in the 60s or, or whatever, some, you know, incredible, incredible, or Elvis or something in the, at their time, their heyday, right? So it's like, really, you've never heard a Madonna song. How can you, you know, and not everybody takes music as seriously as I do. I play the piano, the violin, the guitar, and I've always been musical since I was five years old. But I think, so I think I take, I think I take um, music more seriously. And I, as I said, I'm always constantly analyzing lyrics and, thinking about what the real true meaning of a song is and also listening to it sonically and how it's put together and arranged. And so I really take music seriously. And so for, for someone who, you know, I'm not, I'm not a musician, you know, uh, and professional musician, I, I take it seriously and I love it. I am a musician. Um, so I think that it's incredibly, uh, people are remiss to, to, to not understand or know who Madonna is in terms of who she is musically and artistically. And so because I approach it artistically and in and, and that, that sense, in that way, um, it's just crazy to me. So first thing I want to say is, is, is that I understand that I 
am old. <laughs> it makes me feel so old now to talk about Madonna and the way I do because I it dates me. Um, but all my friends know who Madonna is. Of course, they're because they're my age range mostly. But and um, everyone knows who she is, but not everyone knows her work, right? And what she stood for and what she is. And so it's really frustrating to me now because people are beginning to. <clears throat> You know, I think, first of all, I have to say this. Madonna is very desperate about age. The one thing I'll say about Madonna is she's always been incredibly, um, she's never wanted to be old or look bad, you know, physically. She's a perfectionist. And Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. She's that way about all of her tours and about her musical, her, excuse me, her music and her videos and everything, her, her, her songs, everything she does, she's a perfectionist about. Everyone knows that. Well, that's great because it, it creates an incredible product, and that's one of the reasons she's been so famous. Um, however, when it comes to who she is personally, she's a perfectionist and she's aging. And, you know, as you know, aging is not easy on anyone. Getting old sucks <laughs> because your body changes your looks change you may have been looked a certain way when you were younger and you know you could look like a totally almost a totally different person when you're older even if you have no plastic surgery and um your skin color changes your skin texture changes your hair changes i mean all your skin wrinkles etc right and so she has fought that as much as anybody can because she works out religiously you know her creepy arms and everything her hands and everything because she overworks herself to be skinny and to be thin, to main, maintain that body she has, <clears throat> that dancer's body she's always had. And um, she's had plastic surgery, even though she doesn't admit it. She's had um, lots of Botox and fillers and those sorts of things. So, And I, that's fine. I don't fault her for having done any of that. But she is a woman who is... I think if she could make a pact with the devil, she pretty much would just to stay young and look the way she did when she was younger. But she looks really fantastic. I mean, first of all, I have to say she looks fantastic. She looks wonderful. But she she really is trying really hard to cling to youth. And it's embarrassing sometimes as a fan, a major uber fan of Madonna's, to um, see that because she is a 57-year-old woman as of today. Today's her birthday, by the way. 57 years old. 57. And um, because she's 57 years old, um, people look at her and say, wow, she's way too old to be doing this or doing that or whatever and or, or trying this or trying that. She's always trying so hard to fit in with the young kids today, blah, blah, blah. And I say, fuck all of you, <laughs> first of all. There is no a Madonna's even even famous for having said in an interview, which I've seen several times, um, where she says when she turned 40, MTV interviewed her, Kurt Loder, I think, interviewed her on MTV and asked her, so you're, you're turning 40, you know, what are you going to do now that you're 40 and how you, how's your act going to change and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, she's 40, she's supposed to be done. She's like, well, she's like, so what? I'm 40. So what are you supposed to do when you're 40? Just go away and die. 
just go out, put yourself out to pasture and die. She's like, you know, I'm still like alive and I'm still me. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And I'm not going to make apologies for it. And that's why I love her. She's fucking unapologetic bitch, right? <laughs> so, um, and I agree with that. I think as we age and we get older, I think it's like important that we actually um, maintain a sense of who we were in our youth and when we were younger. And I think it's important that we remember who we were and not let go of that. I think as we age also, we begin to forget some of the dreams we've had when we were young and just because it's too difficult or we're, we're, more, we're more comfortable with what we have rather than trying to pursue something we don't. Um, and so I think that she's an example to be lauded uh, and admired, not one to be chided for trying to continue to be relevant. And that's what she's trying to do is you try to continue to be relevant, you know, in society. And she's in a, an industry, the music industry, which is incredibly, incredibly unforgiving about age, right. And, and youth and beauty and all that stuff. And so um, if she were a man, though, she were Keith Richards or she were um, Mick Jagger or David Bowie or uh, Steven Tyler or any of these rock people whom are highly famous, um, who've had who have incredibly young girlfriends and still have sex with young girls and um, still dress sexy, sexy and still go on stage and writhe and move their hips and, and are sexually um, make sexual innuendo all the time, that sort of thing. If, if she were a man, none of these things would be an issue. It's because she's a woman and it's such a double standard. People, you know, I, I, I hate, I hate, you know, I hate injustice. You know that about me. If you listen to my show, I hate injustice of any kind or racism, bigotry, whatever, homophobia. Um, and so, you know, misogyny, which is what this is, you know, and, and women are treated uh, differently than men because they're women or seen as if they're, they should be, you know, lesser than a man or whatever, pisses me off just as much. And um, Madonna, when she kissed Drake, by the way, when she did that, you know, and his reaction to her uh, was incredibly damaging, I think, to her trying to continue to stay relevant and youthful. And I think it was a desperate thing she did without having told him, you know, she should have told him if she's going to do it, not just to surprise him because that was what she got as a result. But I think that if a guy had done that to a girl, an older man, I mean like a 56 year old man had done that to a 25 or 30, whatever he is, year old woman, I don't think anyone would have thought anything about it. Oh my God, he's so sexy. He's so hot or whatever. Right. Um, but anyway, so, um, so she's she's trying to stay relevant. She's trying to stay you know youthful, and sometimes to me it backfires, and she tries too hard. But I think that ultimately she is an incredible woman whom has achieved an incredible amount that none of us listening to the show probably have ever or will ever achieve in terms of her success or her fame or her fortune. And she is to be admired whether you like her or not. Um, but I really want to encourage those of you whom have or have not listened to Madonna in the past or whatever, if you don't really know her music, just give it a listen sometime. Listen to some of her older stuff if you want. Start there with, of course, the Immaculate Collection. That's the one you should listen to first. That is the one that has all of her most famous hits from her early days on it, I would say. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> Holiday and all that stuff in Vogue and everything's on there. And... Um, then my next favorite album, then a really great album, actually. My favorite album, actually, until Ray of Light came out, was uh, Erotica. Amazingly good album. If you listen to music, just sit there and listen to it and actually listen to the words <laughs> and what she's trying to say. 
um, then you really can get something out of it. Ray of Light, her best album ever, won tons of Grammys, and, and, and her best work ever. Music, a great album. Um, and of course, uh, what was the one? Oh, uh, American Life was okay. It's not my favorite album. I don't think it's, I don't really recommend you listen to it, but it was okay. It had some good stuff on it. <clears throat> and of course, Confessions on a Dance Floor, amazing album. Hard Candy's okay. MDNA was sucked. But of course, Rebel Light, her latest album, is a fucking amazing piece of work. It's a great album. So if you haven't listened to that, listen to the whole thing the whole way through from beginning to end. And I advise you also, if you want to learn more about Madonna, to actually watch her videos because they are incredible. She's an incredible performer. So that's what I wanted to say about Madonna because today was her birthday. And I wanted to say that I realized that it makes me seem old. And maybe I am old. I'm 40 years old now. So what? I'm fine with that. Um, but I, I think it's just lately I've realized talking to people who are younger than me that they did, they've never even heard a Madonna album. It's just crazy to me. And, you know, that's like me saying to someone their age, they've never heard, I don't know, Beyonce album or Nicki Minaj or, or Taylor Swift. I don't know, whoever, Taylor Swift, whoever they're into, right? Um, it's just, and they don't, also don't realize, you know, that people who came before them have paved the way for them. I sound so old and it's true, I am now. And I true, I believe all this. And it's the same things I believed when I was younger too. I believed when I was younger that I should respect people who are older than me and what they've done for my next generation, what they've laid out, and also hold them accountable for the things they've done, the bad things, right? And so I think that it's the same with Madonna, um, Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears, Nicki Minaj, Beyonce, uh, Rihanna, all of these people, Katy Perry, um, all of these people have borrowed from uh, Lady Gaga, obviously, the most heavily, borrowed from Madonna's repertoire in terms of her using her as inspiration for their own work. Madonna did the same thing, borrowing from Marlene Dietrich and um, from uh, many other people before her as well. So I find it to be... Um, something that if you're really into art, you're really into artist artistry and into artistic expression, then Madonna, there's no better artist than Madonna to um, research and to find out more about. So I hope you listen to her. Okay, now the news. So there is a, um, um, hold on, crossing off my list here. <laughs> there is a, uh, a Stonewall movie that's coming out soon. I think it comes out the first week of, of September, which has been gotten a lot of um, flack because it has. Um, if I don't know if you know the story about Stonewall, but the story, the true story about Stonewall. Hold on. The true story about Stonewall is that um, it was you know a rebellion against police. Brutality and and just years of uh, being you know fucking um, oppressed by the police basically in the in the in the status quo at the time in the 60, 1969, and being um, roughed up and beaten and everything else just because they were gay and not allowed to assemble because they were gay uh, and arrested for that and so there was a it was a rebellion against uh, that essentially and so they got sick of it and a drag queen. Um, Threw the first brick. They're saying there's a couple of accounts of who threw, threw the first brick, who started it, but apparently it's a black drag queen or 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 some sort of like uh, Chicano uh, drag queen or something like that that threw the first brick into the glass, the stone wall that began the riot. And so why are y'all standing there? Fight back. And so that's when it began, and that's when gay people refused to step down and be 
victims anymore and to play by the rules instead to actually tell them, no, we demand our rights. And that's where it began. Okay, that's the night. And that's where the gay rights liberation movement basically began. And so I think that um, it's important to remember and to note that the majority of people at this place were um, were of color or were transgender or transvestites. <clears throat> and, um, you know, a lot of Latino and a lot of black um this kind of subculture type people, not mainstream at all. And there, of course, were white people there who were mainstream gays or whatever as well, but majority were not. And so this movie, the trailer anyway, depicts and it seems to center the movie around a boy named Johnny coming to the city for the first time and um, running away from home after coming out or whatever from the Midwest or some shit like that. I don't know. And he ends up, the way it's filmed, in it, the way the trailer it depicts it, is that he ends up being the leader of this rebellion and throwing the first brick. And this has pissed off so many people because it doesn't depict the truth. And the truth being what I just told you from what we know. So I think that um, it is understandable why it's so fucking, um, you know, so fucking like uh, piss, pisses people off so much because it does actually act as if this white person not not people of color were the ones that began the rebellion now it doesn't matter so much who began the rebellion it's just the point is is that many many times in history of american cinema and in the history of america in general have uh has the white uh culture appropriated black culture for its own use or changed history to make it look as if uh, a white person did something when really it was a black person I could go tell you, read you a whole fucking list of it. If you want, you can email me. I'll give it to you. But I'm telling you, there's a bazillion, a bazillion examples of this in, in American history. And so it gets really tiring when you see very, so very few representations of gays, uh, gays of color um, being represented honestly for who and what they have achieved or done in our, our culture and in our community. And so this is just another example of that. And that's why so many people are pissed off about it. But then I saw a video or I, the, the guy who plays Johnny in the movie, I can't remember his name, but he actually tweeted out um, his response to all of the um, people kind of condemning the movie saying, basically, you need to see the movie first because that's not at all the way it's depicted. And I think that that's fair. I think you can't judge something you haven't seen yet. I think the person who put the trailer together and which probably was the director it's their fault to have done it if, if in fact, it does not actually depict it the way the, the trailer depicts it. So hopefully it depicts it honestly. So I'm, I'm still going to see it, although a lot of people are boycotting it. I still think it's important to watch it and see it's an important time in our history, and I think that it should be seen. So I think you should too. Um, so that's the Stonewall thing. And then Jennifer Aniston, apparently, she is uh, now the face of United Emirates um, Airlines, which, you know, which is like UAE, like Saudi Arabia, you know. And Saudi Arabia is not a very, I mean, it's of, of the Middle Eastern countries, it's pretty progressive. But it's not a very uh, gay-friendly place. And they actually have very anti-gay views in terms of the United Arab Emirates uh, airline and against women and other things like that. So people are pissed off at her for having... Um, taken on this contract to be the face of this airline that is anti-gay and anti-women. Uh, anti 
And I don't know. I think that it's, I think personally for me, if I were going to represent a brand, uh, which is never going to happen, but I'm saying other than my own, obviously, uh, I think that if I were going to do that, if I were famous or an actor or whatever, I would not put my name on something that I had not researched, that I had not uh, vetted to see what they believe and, and how they think. It's like saying, oh, well, let's put Donovan on the, um, you know, Republican platform <laughs> or something, you know, something I totally don't believe in. And that would fucking piss me off. And, and if they were paying me enough money, would I do it? No, I wouldn't because I wouldn't compromise my own personal integrity and what I believe in just for money. I'm sorry. I just can't do that. I wish I could because I'd be a whole lot richer, but I can't. So I have to actually believe in what I put my name to or, or whatever, or whatever I'm doing. I can't just do it to make a buck just because it's easy for me. So I wonder if she was thinking the same thing, but I think that she needs to actually not put her face on that. Then um, there was one more thing. There was the Confederate flag versus the rainbow flag. You know, a lot of people have been talking about the Confederate flag and how, um, you know, the, the government is taking down the Confederate flag and several Confederate, Confederate monuments and things like that throughout the, the country. Uh, and I think that that's I think it's fine. Of course, I'm per- perfectly happy with that because it's a racist symbol. It's a symbol of oppression and of slavery, et cetera. Um, however, uh, some people are saying, well, why is it OK for the Confederate flag? to be taken down because some people are offended by it and not the rainbow flag because some people were offended by that, which is the, you know, gay rights flag or whatever. And there's a huge distinction between these two things. One is that, uh, the Confederate flag is, is also against gay people, by the way. Um, it's not just against blacks. It's against gay people too, because the KKK uses it as a symbol of their own as well. But it is, uh, the difference to me is, is this, is that you can fly your flag wherever you want. If you want to fly a Confederate flag, you can fly it. You just can't fly it on public property. Public property cannot have a Confederate flag anymore. Uh, public institutions like, you know, government buildings and, and um, um, capitals, things like that, schools, whatever, that used to have the Confederate flag, which, believe it or not, they still flew in some places, uh, can no longer fly alongside the American flag or at all on those properties. Because it's a government, you know, entity. However, if you have a flag you want to put in your fucking bumper, or if you want to put it on your, you know, on your house or whatever, that's your right. Go right ahead. If you want to look like a fucking bigoted moron, go right ahead. We don't care, but we'll all know where you are. And I'm all for that because I'd rather know where you are than where you're not. Than not know, I mean. Um, however, when it comes to the gay rights flag, which represents a movement, which represents a, a movement of oppression. Um, you know, uh, it's like saying getting rid of the star of David, you know, you can't fly a flag with a star of David on it or whatever, because it's, uh, because some people don't like Jewish people. Um, but the Jewish symbol of the star of David does not, does not in and of itself in some way condemn people for being who, what they are or represent oppression of other people. It represents the oppression that they have endured. And the same thing happens with the gay flag. Um, it doesn't take away people's rights. It doesn't uh, say people are less than. It doesn't do all these things that represent slavery or or uh, all the things that the the rebel flag represents. So it, therein lies the difference, and I think there's a huge distinction there. And anyone with a brain knows that. Um, it's only people who don't have one that you have to defend this to. So um, if you have to defend yourself on that, now you can. <laughs> you can tell people what I said. So. 
that's what I wanted to say. So I just wanted to do a quick show on the Apple Image Show tonight. I'll be back tomorrow with my co-hosts. Um, all three of us are co-hosts. Uh, me, Donovan, and Christian, and with Jason. And we're talking tomorrow night uh, about, I think, weight and weight loss and gay community or something like that. And also, um, what else are we talking about? Let me see if I can find the email. We had a list of things we're talking about. So I'll probably tell you in case you're interested in listening to the show tomorrow. Uh, we are talking tomorrow about, here we go. Oh, gay adoption. That's right. Um, gay adoption. Would you do it? When to do it? How to do it? I think that's interesting. And we're also going to talk about um, Ariana Grande uh, and Wendy Williams issues. <laughs> uh, talking about Target becoming gender neutral. Melissa McCarthy's weight loss. Jennifer Hudson's new look. Uh, Bill Cosby, uh, Morgan Freeman's granddaughter, and uh, Straight Out of Compton, the movie review by Jason. So we'll talk about those things as well as things um, that I want to discuss as well as things that um, Christian wants to discuss. So we'll be back tomorrow night. Be sure to listen to the show. You can listen to the show at offlimitshow.com and you can click on listen live there until we get the show on the gayxyz.com website which won't happen until of course like i said we have the uh, i mean you can listen to the show after the fact on the gayxyz.com website by the way if you want to listen to it in the archives but if you want to listen to it live you'll be able to listen to it off on the show.com until we get on iheart over there okay so i want to thank you for listening and check me out off on the show.com i hope you have a great night thanks for listening planning on traveling this summer Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 